Hey guys, it's Candace Kay, and I am currently in Sardinia, a small island in the southern region of Italy, and I am studying um, life longevity and community um, happiness and food out here in Italy in a blue zone, which means um, the locals here have an incredibly long lifespan. And there are more centenarians that live here um, than any other place in the world. There are very few regions that actually have this and Sardinia is one of them. On a train ride out here, um, I took a train from Florence to Rome and then a flight from Rome to Sardinia. And mind you, it was perfectly imperfect. There was a five-hour delay because there were protests with the pilots on the Italian flights and the entire airport was basically at a standstill. Um, But instead of like getting down on myself about it, I said, it cannot be helped. And wabi-sabi, it's perfectly imperfect. We are all in it together. Um, I wanted to let you guys know that on my train ride from Firenze, I was staying at a farm and I was leaving and I checked my email and I read the news about Bourdain's passing. Um, and I, the first thing that my brain said was, oh, no way that cannot be real. And I freaked out and I opened the email and then I immediately checked CNN and, um, legitimate news sources. And I immediately burst into tears as I think we all did. Um, we lost an icon and a hero and a gentleman who was unapologetically himself. And I'm recording this for us, um, far away in Sardinia in the middle of nowhere in the mountains on the coastline. Um, because we are all in disbelief that someone as successful and brilliant and smart and handsome and talented as Bourdain would take his own life. And the pattern that we're seeing is something that we should address. And that's why I wanted to record an extra intro today for you. This is important stuff, like beyond. Um... I come from media and Bourdain and I actually have a lot in common. We share the same publisher, Karen Rinaldi, who bravely published three of Tony's first books when they came out. She's published about three of my books too. And um, we both worked with Food Network at the beginning of our careers, Bourdain and I, and we both really didn't agree with the way that they portrayed food and media because it's a lot of it's just fake and contrived and cheesy and that's not who we are and we shouldn't have to conform to society because middle America wants us to be a certain way we should always be ourselves and the greatest lesson that we can learn from Bourdain is truly be who you are 
unapologetically see the world because it has so much to offer us. Don't be so narrow-minded and close-minded when it comes to your belief system. Look at someone else's life and take it from their perspective. He was one of the greatest storytellers that had ever lived. And in my opinion, he changed the face of culinary media, wellness, health, travel, journalism. And also he pioneered the space for a lot of us chefs to step away from restaurants and to start doing things that were a little bit more broad and bold and very scary. And he had no shame in just being himself. Um, A lot of my colleagues at Men's Health and a a few other publications had done stories on him and interviewed him. And um, some of my friends who are newscasters or hosts have interviewed him over the years. And um, my friend Matt Golding has an incredible book series where he sometimes writes letters with Bourdain. And I just find myself so intrigued by this person just celebrating who they are. Um, I think what's important for us to learn in today's episode is how we can help others who are going through a tough time, and that includes all of us. I've suffered with depression since adolescence, so I'll be talking about that in this episode and how we can become more mindful of it and how we can prevent it and treat it and really just become more aware of it and start talking about it because it's really real and media is contrived. It's really fake and in no way, shape or form do I want any part of fake media and bullshit anymore because at this point, I think that we've seen enough public figures hurting and aching inside and I have a feeling a lot of it has to do with um, mental health issues that we're not really addressing because we're so caught up in this world of like fake TV and media and fake fake production and overproduced television that doesn't make any sense. So I actually wrote a few notes out. I'm sitting in a room in the mountains of Sardinia right now <laughs> and I'm just recording because um, that's how I roll, that I wrote some notes. So again, um, number one, remember to be there for others no matter what. Don't make assumptions that somebody's living a fab life because their Instagram looks great. My Instagram is my highlight reel. It, it shows really great, incredible imagery and art, food, recipes, travel, lifestyle, journalism, production, videos, and that's because that's my job. And as you guys know, I monetize Instagram to survive. I wouldn't be able to self-fund this podcast if it wasn't for that. So respect that. It's not all pretty and it never will be. So um, I want to talk a little bit more about how we can make sure that we don't make assumptions just because everyone's Instagram looks beautiful and all of yours do too as well. We see the highlight reel of everyone's life, but it doesn't mean we can make an assumption that they're doing okay. 
So you can check in with your friends, check in with your happy friends, your sad friends, your busy friends, your public figure friends, your bosses, your exes, whatever. You don't have to catch up with your ex, but you know what I mean. Make sure that you stop wearing your mask because when you pretend that everything's perfect all the time, you're making other people indirectly feel like there's something wrong with them. And let's personally take ownership and not compare anymore. I have to learn how to do this myself and let go of what I think is a perfect life. Mine is far from perfect and Throughout the next 10 episodes of this first season on Wabi Sabi, I'm going to be laying it out for you guys. (laughs) I mean, I already have. (laughs) All right. So um, I also wanted to make a note. I wrote this out today because I had a really long think. And I want you guys to know I did start my career in modeling and then it went into television. So when I was in TV, I had a lot of producers that would manipulate, overproduce, um, stereotype, typecast, all of that. And they made me feel like I was like a, a, a casted member on a show for Top Chef, for E-Series, for um, all sorts of TV shows. I worked with a lot of producers and executives that really contributed to this fake and contrived media that we're watching all the time. And if you are in TV, media, modeling, publishing the arts, I urge you and your executives to start turning this around right now. Stop focusing on people tearing each other apart. Stop focusing on the drama. Stop focusing on competition. Stop with the violence. And when you when we are seeing terror, stop glorifying these people. Let's find community programming or people doing good things in their communities and celebrate them. Celebrate them. The other things that we can do are we can learn more about mental health and we can help those in our communities. And the easiest way to do that is to Go to your local community center or find a friend who works in volunteering and be the change and go out and work on the field. It could be as easy as your local church, yoga community center, or the Boys and Girls Club. Even the Salvation Army does a really good job helping those in need. Now also make sure to cultivate more Uh, peace and love for others and show them. Don't tell them. You can also pray for others to show them that you care for them. And remember, check in with your friends all the time. Please, whatever you can do, just check in with them, all of them. Don't make assumptions about other people's lives. Just know that everybody has highs and lows. And without the highs, the lows cannot exist and vice versa. They simultaneously must be with one another. Wabi sabi, everything is imperfect and perfectly imperfect. Remember to get some sunshine and exercise more. I'll talk more about that on today's pod. And then remember the Japanese term I talk about in my new book, Kintsugi Wellness, is about yuimaru, your inner circle. Be there for them support them, love them, 
celebrate them, celebrate their successes, their, their ups. And when they're, you know, up, tell them congratulations. You love them and you're proud of them. And when they're down, be there for them and say, I understand me too. I'm going to be here for you. Know that everything is perfectly imperfect. And I want to read to you a quote that Bourdain once said in an interview because he was one of the most iconic people to ever live. Well, I mean, the most, one of the most iconic people to ever live in um, the space of food and travel, politics, and connecting people through storytelling. Travel isn't always pretty. In fact, it isn't always comfortable. Sometimes it hurts and even breaks your heart. But it's okay. The journey changes you and it leaves marks on your memory, on your consciousness, on your heart, and on your body. You take something with you. Hopefully, you leave something good behind. Anthony Bourdain. Uh, We lost an angel. And we'll see him again. And we all pray that you're in peace now. Again, don't make assumptions that even if people are successful, it doesn't mean that they're always well. So be there for them. Now, I also posted on my Instagram the phone numbers that you can call in case you're hurting or you want to be there to help somebody. Um, You can call on their behalf or text on their behalf as well. So I posted about Bourdain, like the moment um, I found out about him because he is my hero and the greatest um, icon I I have ever experienced in my lifetime. So the number is 1-800-273-TALK. 1-800-273-TALK. You can also text the word CONNECT, C-O-N-N-E-C-T, Two seven four one seven four one. You're not alone. I have depression. Let's talk about it. I love you guys. I'm going to be studying um, with some of my 90-year-old friends here who are almost centenarians in Sardinia this week, and I can't wait to tell you a little more about it. Um, The Italian culture has taught us a lot, and my job is so much more clear now that I'm supposed to help to learn and study these various cultures to bring more light and life, real life, to all of us. And to also let you know that everyone has got a perfectly imperfect life. Again, Bourdain, you are an icon and you will be missed and loved. Please enjoy this week's episode of Wabi Sabi. Um, I'm completely and utterly overwhelmed at how much love you guys gave this pod. I am so grateful and I've never been able to produce a project like this on my own and feel the love and success immediately from each of you. Thanks for writing to me on comments on Instagram and please keep them coming. 
with your questions too. I love you guys. No matter what, the one thing you should do is just tell somebody you love them today and how much they mean to you and do it with sincerity because we all need the feeling of belonging. Love you guys and enjoy this podcast that I recorded for you. Take good care. So today's episode is not something cute. It's not nice and it's not pretty. And it's something that we've all had to deal with and I'm ready to talk about it. Today's podcast is gonna be about depression, how to deal and monono aware, which translates to the pathos of life in Japanese. When I was a kid, I thought that life was pretty magical. And when I went to Japan for the first time, I was five years old, and my mom showed me how to live life through a Japanese perspective. She never told me. She was an incredible human being. And I watched her sparkle, radiate, cook, clean, educate. She was a Japanese language teacher. She still is. She had this beautiful, long, dark hair. And she made everything look pretty and easy and fabulous. And when I got older, after modeling in culinary school, I wanted to really pursue food writing. And I didn't know that the industry that I was going into in media publishing, TV, content, I didn't know how ugly it was. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about depression and how I deal with it now. I've written many books and they all started cute and pretty. No pun intended, the first book that I ever wrote solo was called Pretty Delicious, and it was an incredible book. But you didn't know that I lost my job with Lifetime Television because our show didn't get renewed right before I got that deal. And you didn't know that my book agent at the time told me I would never get a book deal unless I had my own cooking show. And you didn't know that I was highly discouraged to move forward into food and that I was told to have many backup gigs because I may not in their perspective or eyes or lens, end up making it. And these were all wise people that gave me good advice. And it was true. I may not have made it. Who knows if I'm even making it now? We are entitled to nothing. Everything could go away tomorrow. There's a little thing that I've dealt with over the years, and it's called depression, and it's not fun. It was recently triggered back again by a traumatic breakup that we talked about in an earlier episode. I'm glad that we talked about it because I make everything look so pretty. Coming from TV magazines, books, publishing, modeling, fit modeling, travel, writing, everything looks pretty, right? I know I have a pretty Instagram feed and my books are really beautiful. And Deep inside, we don't all feel and look so beautiful. Um, while writing my sixth book, Kintsugi Wellness, I went to go say bye to my grandma in Japan. Bachan was the matriarch of our family. The Kumai name comes from my Bachan side. And she raised four daughters through and post World War II. She lived through World War II and she never complained. In Japanese culture, you don't complain about much. You just live and endure. 
And life isn't about wellness and health. It's about endurance, overcoming obstacles, acceptance. It's about taking care of one another and nurturing. And it's about survival. So when I went to write the book, there were a couple of different trips where I decided to stop off in the Koyasam Mountains. That's few hours outside of Osaka, Japan. Now you have to take many trains, many bus rides, cable car rides, points where you think you're going to throw up on the side of the windy road, points where you feel like you're going to, you know, get queasy from the elevation change, but you will find nestled in the mountains, the temples in which monks have lived for thousands of years. Khoisan is an ancient place that was brought to life by Kukai, one of the founders of Shingon Buddhism, who was originally born in Shikoku Island in southern Japan. And he found Khoisan as a holy land and place up nestled into the high mountains. And this is where this story begins. I went there with my sister for the first time, and Jenny and I aren't best friend sisters. We're normal sisters. We fight. We don't get along. But the one thing we have in common is that we both work really hard, and we both have our share of ups and downs. And you know what? Getting through the downs has been a challenge for me, and other members of my family, too, have gone through their ups and downs. But today I'll tell you a little bit about the monks in Khoyasan. Jenny and I had a great time together. We'd make sure to spend alone time as well because we shared a room and we ate together, we hiked together. We thought we would see bears on the trails because the, the Japanese had signs that said, warning bear in this area. And kuma means bear in Japanese. So kumai is the, the bear family in Japanese. So Jenny and I were like, whatever. It's a member of the family. Um, it would be, have been really nice to actually see one, but... I highly recommend for everybody, if you can, to stay at a Buddhist temple for one or two nights of their life, if they can, and, and see and experience how the monks live. The monks live within very simple means. They endure, they pray, they work, they pray more, they eat, they sleep, they survive, and in order for them to pray for others, they must live with the notion that dark places exist all over the world. They are continuously praying for you. And what this means is that there's always somebody out there that really wants to help you. Now, here are a couple of moments in my life where I recently remember having depression. I have a really great friend who lives out in Cali now that I would text every now and then. She also suffers from it too. And it's a chemical imbalance for a lot of us that it's not really controllable. So the sun could be out like this on a day like today. But if you're down, you're down. And if you're out, you're out. And sometimes depression is just about living through the, the time and the passage of time. And bringing us back to my grandmother and the monks is a term called monono aware. It translates to the pathos and the sadness in life. Monono aware was a term that was utilized during the war along with wabi-sabi, it is the notion that death is always around the corner. And I say this matter-of-factly, not because, again, I'm not negative and I'm not a downer. In fact, quite the opposite. I say this as a realist because when you're raised Japanese, it is about being real as fuck. And you will 
experience downtimes and depression and sadness. So if we can think of the term mono no aware, it actually sounds really beautiful. And I love it because it indeed shows us that the American way of positivity, positive this, if you think good thoughts, things, good things will happen. It's not always true. As a realist, we must see that there is a pathos in life and a contrast. And the acceptance of it, like during the down days when I couldn't even get out of bed and I didn't feel like doing anything, I would message my girlfriend, Soph, and we would talk. And I would say, you know what? I'm going to get through this. I don't feel good today. I'm down. And I'd even talk to new girlfriends about it now. And they have the same problems. And no one is talking about it until now. I've struggled with depression since high school, since adolescence. I actually wrote a chapter on it in the new book. And I believe it was edited out because what happens is we go through about 10 to 20 different rounds of edits from many different hands. And maybe it was too much. But for me, looking at this picture of this little girl who grew up so confused in a world that was predominantly white and nothing that I could really relate to, I mean, that took a lot of courage and bravery. And remember, not everything can or will be perfect, which is why we celebrate Wabi Sabi. The reason why I started this podcast was because too many people make life seem like it should be perfect. Modeling photos, great. They're all airbrushed and they're all retouched. There's a little thing called Photoshop and it works wonders. When it comes to somebody's life, if they've got a lot of money or fame, you shouldn't question their lifestyle. Let them live how they'd like to live and know that they probably struggle with mental health and depression too. We all do. I have a mask that I wear and it's called my persona. When you see me step on stage on the Today Show, Dr. Oz, E! News, Judging Iron Chef, Judging Bobby Flay, or just straight up any photo shoot for a magazine that I'm getting ready for, the cover of my new book, or maybe it's, you know, the, the shots that we're doing for promos for this podcast, rest assured, we go through hair and makeup, we style out my wardrobe, we retouch photos, and we definitely sure as hell make sure that it looks fabulous because that's part of the job. It doesn't mean that I wake up looking like that. And one of the best things I think we've seen lately is celebrities, models, people that have been really taking their mask off and saying, here's what I look like without makeup. Here's what my body looks like when I'm not sucking in. And people sometimes even show that they have mental health issues as well. And a lot of us go see therapists for this issue. And I've always seen a therapist for my ups and downs. And here's what we should do actionably to take care of depression without spending any money. One thing is is that we can become aware of it. And I wrote Kintsugi Wellness as a really great guide to improving your whole life. We can work out. So working out, which could be running down the street or doing yoga with a friend, going for a swim, surfing, stand-up paddleboarding, hiking, shinrin-ryoku, or just straight up going to your favorite class. Working out releases endorphins and endorphins make you feel good. Even if you don't want to get up out of bed that day, go. Fucking go. Go. Because you've never walked out of a workout and said, God, I wish I really didn't do that. Proven science. I come from mags. I come from books. I know this shit. 
go work out. When you look good, you feel good. And when you feel good, your whole world will improve. This isn't me telling you bullshit as somebody who wants to be a podcast celeb. This is me being a former writer and a wellness journalist for over 15 years. It works. Go do it. Number two, spend time with people who make you feel good. If you don't like the way somebody makes you feel, then fucking cut them out of your life. Goodbye. I don't know why or how people come to me and say, yeah, I don't really like this person, but you know, I've been friends with them since we grew up, so I may as well stay friends with them. No. In another episode of Wabi Sabi, we're going to talk about friend breakups. It's not that I'm good at them. It's that I'm good at accepting who loves me and who doesn't and who's a fake. I can look at somebody and meet them within three minutes or so and know right away if they're a real deal or not. I like people that work as hard as I do, who hustle, who are real, who are honest, who are open and authentic. I don't like phonies. I don't like fakes, wannabes, or people that want to be rich or famous. No interest in being friends with them. I grew up as a self-made woman. My parents kicked me as far as they could like a fucking football as soon as I graduated from high school into college. And they said, go fucking get them, tiger. And you better believe I threw down. This girl knows how to slang rocks. And as you can see in most of these episodes, I'll give you cues on how you can do the same. Again, it's not, no bullshit. I'm not trying to sell you anything. I just truly want you to improve your life as best you can. Another thing you can do is you can start focusing on work that makes you feel good. I think a lot of people get stuck at jobs they don't like. They have bosses they can't stand. They've got a coworker who bugs the shit out of them. They're not making enough money and they can't pay their bills. They want to travel the world like this other person. Maybe they want to get out of a relationship. Here's what you can do. You can stop ruminating it on it and feel sorry for yourself and you can fucking do something about it. My mother and I have these great conversations. She says straight up as a Japanese mom does, if you don't like something, then change it, change it. Action speaks louder than any words. The one thing that will set us all apart and always has is action. If you don't like something, change it. It's just like being depressed in bed. I woke up depressed almost every day after that breakup maybe for a few weeks and then I got over it. I had a fucking calendar and I crossed off every single day with a red X that went by and I said, good work. You got through this day, Candace. I also want you to get a gather courage and strength. A lot of us are born into this entitled generation now and we have things handed to us and I need you to have respect for people that are self-made. That's why I think Shark Tank's one of the most fascinating shows out there because everybody on that panel is self-made. You can make a lot of money off of products and off of sales and marketing, but to have passion, to be an entrepreneurial spirit and do it for the people, for the right reasons, don't make it about the money. Make it about life. Money is nice, but it's not the meaning of life. It can help to pay your bills, but it will not help to pay your happiness in the bank. So focus on a career you love. Surround yourself with people who love you. Say goodbye to the people you don't like. And please unfollow anybody who makes you feel like shit. Please, just do it. Take a day to do some unfollowing. You live in a little bubble, and your bubble is your cell phone. And you need to, like, put it aside and actually think about what you'd like to do with your life. Depression is triggered by many things, and another one includes alcohol. 
And while I am the golden girl of wellness, I want you to know I'm a realist and I go out and I party and I have amazing friends from all walks in life and they do things. I like doing everything and that means having fun. I also realized that during my lows, like during the breakup times and things like that, or when you lose a job or an opportunity or say somebody, you know, you don't get the apartment you wanted or you didn't get the job that you wanted, try not to hit the bottle right after. The bottle also, there are studies that show that women suffer from depression mainly after drinking. It can really trigger depression and make it worse. So here's what I do. I drink on occasion and I drink when it's worth it because I also really like my physique and I like the way that I feel when I'm not drinking and I do it for special occasions. Like when I see my best friends in San Francisco, I make them pizza and we do Pinot night or we go to the wineries in Napa and have a blast. When I go on a date with a hot guy, of course I'm going to have some sake and sushi and we have great conversation too, which is something that is so priceless. Drink when it is special and drink for celebrations. Don't drink every day. Lay off. And also, a great practice that's really helped me is just meditation. Deep breathing and meditation. I've fallen back in love with being single and loving my life every day, and I don't need much. When you start to simplify, the small and little things that you do have become really important to you. And my family, and sometimes I look at this picture and it cracks me up, is so unique and so American. Sometimes I can't believe the job that my parents did. They never showed my sister and I when they were going through tough times. And I think sometimes being the bigger person means being resilient and holding in those feelings of pain and struggle. Because at the end of the day, if you, are, if you have a family, it's about them. Right now I'm going through times where I wonder where I'm gonna end up next. Is it Cali, is it Spain, is it Portugal? I'm not sure. But what makes life so exciting is the notion of what my father once taught me. I was going through a hard time, I was learning how to cook in Tokyo, ups and downs, the election hit, I was not happy with the results. I was on girl gang text with my group in Cali. We were devastated. And the next day, my father wrote a letter to my sister and I, and it was said, the title was Dear Daughters. And towards the end of it, he said, remember, in no way, shape, or form will a politician ever affect your everyday life, and you will go on living your best life now, whatever shall come. If this is our only life that we have to live Let's do a better job of being good to others and accepting that everyone is doing their best. Somebody might be having a really hard day. Let up on them. Don't pass judgment on somebody you don't know what they're going through. Don't make assumptions. And don't be mean or rude. There are too many people like that. The end of the letter said, I want you both to remember, and remember I'm in Tokyo and Jenny's in London, my parents are in Cali. He said, don't sweat the small stuff because life in the end is really full of surprises. 
So I'm going to read a nod from one of you on Instagram. You can always comment to me about what's going on. I hope that that helped a little bit and you guys can always talk to me more about anything that's going on in your life. I'm happy to help. Here are some new questions from new people. So I got one from Rachel Bjorn that says, how did you make yourself pursue your dreams and make the time to focus on it? It can be so easy just to do the same thing every day and take the safe route with a steady paycheck. When you know in your heart, you should be doing what you were meant to do. But how do you recommend that? We need the courage and the energy to take that more difficult path. Ultimately, it could be so much more. But how do you recommend somebody like me takes the time for their dreams when we have a day job that pays the bills? Okay, so Rachel, great question. There was only one time in my entire career where I actually was on payroll, like in full, full time, and that was at HSN as a TV host selling like everything to everyone. And I was 25 and I was learning and I was a sponge. What I realized when I was there was I didn't like getting up at X time every day doing X hair and makeup and then and then going to work. I didn't like it. I thought it was very uniform and in a way that wasn't attractive to me. What's alluring to me is creativity using my hands, my heart, my mind. And I didn't grow up with a lot of how do you say, my, my mom like definitely overstimulated my sister and I with art. And so because we painted, we drew, we did crafts, we built like missions in California for school projects, that was where I really shined. And so it reminded me that when Christmas came around and I was obsessed with making cookies and helping mom cook in the kitchen, those were the things that made me happy. And I focused on like what made me feel good and that was always being of service to others. And I watched my dad do that. He's a philanthropic soul. So if you can kind of think back to your childhood, which is why I wrote Kintsugi Wellness, was it's about going back to your ancestry, traditions, and culture. Think about what you really love. I always stood out when we did crafts and arts, and and uh, speeches were always easy for me. There was no fear. And I was confident as a kid. You know, I was like, the up and Adam right forward on the double A soccer team that traveled. And I loved being on student council. And I was also like a crazy party girl, you know, and I loved like having fun. So I combined it all the things that I really loved and that helped others. And then there's this pioneering spirit that I have now. And you know what, there's no ceiling or floor to success. It's immeasurable as an artist. So, Co, if, if you really want to move forward, my sister sent me um, a quote from Mark Twain about leaving the safe harbor. Read that quote. It ends with explore, dream, discover. It was the reason why I moved to New York. Don't forget to subscribe to Wabi Sabi on iTunes because I love you and five stars means everything. If you give me five stars, I'll definitely give you a free peep show. Just let me know. You can also find me on Instagram at Candice Kumai, C-A-N-D-I-C-E-K-U-M-A-I. And you can find me on my website too. But the most important thing of all is to get Kintsugi Wellness for you because you love yourself and you're good to you. It also has a lot of great and creative ways that you can overcome depression for free. And I think that you can win in this. I'm like here for you. 
In this episode, we learned about how I struggle with depression, why I went to Japan to study with the monks, what they showed me, how my sister and I both have the same struggles, even though we're totally different people, how my parents gracefully, resiliently went through their tough times, and the strategies to overcome depression for free that aren't bad, they're fairly easy, and how sometimes we just need to accept the pathos in life, mono no aware and wabi-sabi. Not every day will be a perfect day. And the American way of positivity and light and love is not realistic. <laughs> Let's get a little Japanese, can we? Remember that song, Turning Japanese? I heard it was about masturbation in real life, but let's just pretend like it wasn't. <laughs> and everybody can turn a little Japanese. All right, I love you guys. I hope to see you again, and please don't forget to subscribe and tell a friend. Ciao for now. Bye. So I hope you guys love this episode on depression. Sharing my stories with you and my struggles is a pleasure and an honor. And I never thought that you would be so into them. But taking my mask off has been the best thing that I've ever done. Um, I'm signing out from Sardinia right now. I wanted to give you a few um, actionable steps on helping others and yourself with mental health. So check out helpyourselfhelpothers.org where you can share mental health screening sites. You can also check out mentalhealthscreening.org. You can simply be there for a friend and let them know you're thinking about them and they can always reach out to you. And you can also share your story with others too and not be afraid. My friend Tofe Evans um, in Australia wrote a book called Everyone Has a Plan Until Shit Hits the Fan. His name again is Tofe, T-O-F-E, Evans. And um, he's an, a young gunner from Australia that I met at South by Southwest who is touching a lot of lives with his suicide prevention book. And he's no stranger to suicide. Also, my friend Sarah Wilson from Australia has um, really opened up about her anxiety issues, which correlate with depression. So you should check out her books as well. Um, and just some of my real deal friends, we, we talk in real life about our ups and downs. And, and a lot of us are public figures and you would never think that we have depression or, or tough times, but we do. So I commend, um, some of my friends, I feel like I can always open up to like Lee Holmes or Latham Thomas and, uh, my colleagues at Well and Good. And I just, I feel open and loving with them and that we can be real and be ourselves. So be sure to check out all of these amazing women and men, um, and also including my friend Lewis Howes, who writes incredible books on men to empower each other and also take their mask off as well. I'm going to leave you with another really great Anthony Bourdain quote. Remember, pray for others, get some sunshine and exercise, be good to yourself. And as my mom and I spoke yesterday, as I burst into tears continuously at the airport yesterday in Rome, she said she couldn't believe it either. She actually gasped and we consoled one another, but she said, remember that suicide is not the answer and that you are going to endure 
your struggles with strong mental health. We constantly talk about being physically strong, but being mentally strong is a challenge as well. May Anthony Bourdain rest in peace. And the best thing is, is that now we know he's in peace and he's in a better place and we'll see him again. Remember what mom said, be mentally strong, prepare, plan, accept, let go and just live. Travel isn't always pretty. It isn't always comfortable. Sometimes it hurts and it even breaks your heart. As Bourdain says, the journey changes you though. And it leaves marks on your memory and on your consciousness, on your heart and on your body. You take something with you and hopefully you leave good behind. Anthony Bourdain. I love you guys. Be sure to tell somebody in your posse today again that you love them. And don't forget all of the numbers that you can call and share. 1-800-273-TALK. You can also text if you'd like. And make sure, let me get you guys the text for that. Make sure that you celebrate each other and where you're going in life. Because whether it's up or down and all around, everybody is perfectly imperfect. And so depression is normal. And it's perfectly normal to be sad, up and down and depressed. Totally normal. Text CONNECT to 741 741 if you need any help. And you can also call 1-800-273-TALK. I love you guys. Be well, be healthy, and be real as always. Ciao for now.